what happens is that your team, they don't have the authority or the responsibility to make changes about the things that you complain to them about. So they feel disempowered by you complaining to them. Welcome to the 7 Figure Freedom Podcast, where ambitious CEOs turn to transition from being the doer of the business to being the leader of the empire. I am Madeline Weick-Silva. I'll share my real-life struggles and breakthroughs as I've scaled my businesses and grown a team that run the day-to-day without me, so that now I run my seven-figure business on three-day work weeks. Join our community of visionary entrepreneurs and transformational leaders as we create lasting impact, financial freedom, and an awesome, rewarding life with a powerhouse team by your side. So why is it that only 9% of all entrepreneurs ever make it into seven figures? And how come 98.3% of women entrepreneurs stay stuck in a six-figure hustle? From my vantage point and experience, uh, there's no clear path laid out for entrepreneurs to follow to make it into the million-dollar business. Think about it. Getting a business started is hard work, no doubt. And growing it into multiple six figures is no small feat by any measure, but it's not hard to figure out what you need to do to be successful in the startup stage of business. It's basically marketing. The more you're visible, the more you grow your list, the more offers you make, the quicker you'll make it to six figures. Um, And there are tons of business mentors showing you step-by-step how to get there. Lead magnets, website design, email automation, funnel building, paid advertising, all the usual tactics. And then it's really just about working it. But once you get into the multiple six figures, it's no longer going to be enough to just hustle harder. Doing more of the same is not what's going to get you into the seven figures. And even though many of the top influencers talk about scaling, there's so much misinformation out there that can only lead you astray but it can even keep you stuck in that perpetual hustle mode. And that's not what you really want, right? You already worked so hard to get to where you are right now. At some point, it needs to get easier. It's okay to work hard for a period of time, but at some point, you have to get over the hump, crease the top of the hill that you've been climbing, and enjoy the ride down the hill with more ease and more flow. So I've made a quick list in no particular order by any means of the 10 biggest scaling mistakes that I'm seeing that trip so many brilliant entrepreneurs up along the way to seven-figure freedom and really keeps them stuck working hard for years, sometimes even decades, right? So mistake number one is taking your one offer that you've been selling that got you to six figures that you made great success with that's a proven offer and turning your business model upside down by now transitioning into an ascension model. So an ascension model is numerous offers lined up to create kind of a step-by-step ladder that goes from really, really small ticket item up until the higher ticket item. It's all built on that somebody who buys something small from you and get results is 10 times more likely to buy something bigger from you to hope that they're going to get bigger results. So the whole idea is to have lots of leads in your ascension model and then making sales in a lot of different ways all the time. But the reality is that 
that most people don't tell you about is that when you have lots of offers, you're going to have to sell each one of those offers just as well as you sold your one offer. And remember how much time and energy it took to find the right messaging and the right marketing strategy and all the things you did and tested and, and trial and errors you went through to get your one offer to actually work out in the workplace? Well, when you build that an ascension model, that kind of happens to every offer you have. You have to really get it dialed in. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. And now you are putting that out there all the time, right? And that... And people don't realize that they just 10x their workload by doing it that way. The next thing, number two, is to go from sales call to a launch model. Thinking that rather than selling one-to-one with people, I'm now going to sell to many and I'm going to do a big launch. Now, what people don't tell you is that when you do sales calls to make your sales happen, you sell all the time, every day, right? You can make sales very easily. In a launch, it's a big hoopla. It takes a lot of time and energy to put together a launch. There's a gazillion details that could possibly go wrong and you end up with a failed launch. I say you put all your eggs in the launch basket and you're not really sure what's going to happen after that. It takes money. It takes resources. It takes strategy. It takes tactics. It takes people on the ground helping you to make it happen. And it can cost a lot of money to do it all. And then one little technical glitch can fail the whole thing. And you stranded and you didn't make the money. And now you spend a bunch. I cannot tell you how many times I sit with entrepreneurs that did a very multiple six-figure launch, but literally ended up in the red because of the cost and the hustle that it took to make it happen, right? And so just taking yourself from sales calls to launch model is not enough. There's a lot of pieces that needs to line up to make that happen successfully. Three is to go from one-on-one, working with clients one-on-one, to now working with people in groups. And again, sometimes this just split up the offers. And Anytime you're tweaking your offers and your sales process and your price points and all of these things, it needs to be done very intentionally because it all repositions the whole offer. Oftentimes, when you go from one-on-one to group, you're selling to a totally different audience. It repositions your whole offer in the marketplace. Now you need to edit your messaging. Now you need to edit your audiences of who you're marketing to. It creates a ripple effect. So just going from one-on-one to group doesn't mean that you're scaling. It means, yes, you are leveraging your time a little bit better, but scaling is so much more. And number four is focusing on marketing tactics. So we talked about how in the startup stage, you are primarily focusing on marketing to grow your business. So many, many six-figure entrepreneurs believe that if they just do more marketing, more sales, uh, more marketing tactics, investing in more things that they can do, that they will eventually just be able to replicate the success they did in six figures, and that will propel them into seven figures. It's really just doing more of the same. But that's not true at all, because there's so many other things that you need to start focus on 
once you're in the multiple six-figure 250K plus business model, because now most likely, I would say 100% of the people's businesses step into, their business is out of capacity. They can't grow anymore. And so no matter how much money they spend on marketing, their business isn't growing. It's very similar to when you buy a plant and you bring it home and you water it and it just naturally just grows and flourishes, it's beautiful. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, it stops growing. You fertilize it, you talk pretty to it, but nothing happens. And it's not until you replant that plant in a bigger pot. And all of a sudden, that plant almost overnight, like, like a miracle, grows like five inches. And it's very similar with your business, right? If you, have, you need to restructure the container, your business model, in order to eliminate the capacity blocks. But once you do that, just like the plant, your business will grow almost miraculously. Because a lot of those marketing tactics that you already have in place will work again because you have a better container. You have space for growth. You eliminated the capacity blocks. Number five is missing the freedom switch moment. So the freedom switch moment is a magical time that happens between the startup business stage and the scale-up business stage. So in the startup stage last until about you get to 250K a year. This is the time where you are primarily focusing on marketing, getting your offer out, getting your marketing dialed in, your messaging, your offer, your business model. You're getting the pieces dialed in. The scale-up is a lot more about streamlining operations, team, really leveraging the success that you already built. And there's a moment right between those two that is really important that I call the freedom switch moment. Because in the startup stage, you are spinning a lot of energy. You're doing a lot. And that's building momentum. And there is some magic that starts happening as you're building that momentum by just brute force, really, just putting in the energy of growing your business and the excitement of your vision and all of the good things. There is a moment when that energy really starts picking up. In the startup stage, you're putting in 10 times the effort to get one time the return. In the scale-up stage, you are putting in one time effort to gain 10 times the return. And something miraculously starts happening. That couldn't happen unless you had spun the energy enough in the startup stage. So in the moment where the freedom switch moment, right between the two, the startup stage and the scale-up stage, you can really take advantage of the energy that you've been spinning in the startup stage to help utilize that energy. It's like you have wins in your sales again and really utilize that energy to create a true trajectory into the scale-up stage. Most of the time, because six-figure business owners don't realize that they have to eliminate the capacity block and start working on different things than they worked up in a startup business model, they lose the seven that freedom switch moment, that magical moment. And instead, they usually get stuck in the cash flow roller coaster. And that usually happens because they're out in the world, growing the business, marketing it. But then when the momentum starts happening and they now starting to get a lot more business and their business structure is not quite ready for it, right? They get sucked back into their business to deliver on the services that are now sold. And not until things start dwindling back down again, do they go back out 
and start doing more marketing again. And so they move between marketing and delivery, marketing and delivery, and that creates that roller coaster because they don't have a steady lead flow. Okay. And they also miss that freedom switch moment because they didn't capitalize the momentum they built in the startup stage to prepare their business model to be able to 10x overnight. So I oftentimes ask this on my clients, and let me ask this of you right now, is what would have happened if your business 10x overnight? If tomorrow you walk in and you had 10 times the amount of clients, how would you handle it? How would your systems work? How would your team operate? Would you, you know, what would be the first thing that would break down? That's the things we need to start looking at and focusing on if you really want to grow to seven figures. So right now, you can get my super simple team assessment process that helps me evaluate my current team, identify if I need to hire somebody else, what kind of training my team members need, who is worth investing in, and who needs to be more challenged to grow with a company. And really turning those less than motivated team members into productive, valuating, value-adding team players. It's an on-demand five-part video series that will walk you through the whole process. It's totally free. And you can find it at hello7figurefreedom.com team-assessment-video-series. We'll make sure to add the link in the show notes and let me know. Number six is really not realizing the bottlenecks and just trying to make up for them by brute force. I've been kind of touching on this theme a lot already, but I want to drill this home so much because the stuff that brought you success to get to six figures is not the stuff that's going to get you to seven figures. You need to start focusing on different things to get different results. And once you start realizing what it is that you need to focus on, growth happens so much easier and with so much less effort, right? Number seven is not hiring the right people. So most six-figure business owners, they hire people to step in and do some of the back-end tasks like the tech stuff or maybe have somebody building them a website. They have people to help them out that they can delegate the random tasks to here and there. Maybe they have a, you know, a VA who helps out in the business. But when you do that as a leader of the business, what ends up happening is that you get sucked into your business to now manage those people, to manage the projects that you're working on together, to making sure that things are, are doing well. So you might not be doing those tasks anymore, but you basically just traded the same amount of time to now manage those people and manage the projects. And here's the thing. Us visionaries, us leaders, we're not meant to be managers. That's not a good use of our time and energy and space, right? What I tell my clients is the very first hire needs to be an integrator, somebody who can run and manage the operations of your business. Now, we actually help you put everything in place so you're ready to hire this person and have the cash flow to hire this person. And we also even help you to hire that person. We run the hiring funnels and, and, and get them installed in your business really well. But when you hire people to just help out versus somebody who can actually manage the business for you, 
you just get sucked in and you step down from being the leader to being the manager. And it's not a good use of your time. And you can't scale from there. Number eight is relying on emotions rather than data in your business. So up to this point, maybe at, you know, 250K in your business, you, you built this multiple six-figure business as a success. But maybe you're not trained in business. I definitely wasn't. You know, I grew up in a small business working for my dad when I was a teenager. But when I started my own business, you know, I was pretty much just doing it on my own and figuring it out. Yes, I had business mentors who helped me and I worked with coaches, but it was a lot of things I didn't know. And when I was excited about something, you know, the sky was the limit. And when I had a bad day, you know, I wanted to just roll over in bed and put the covers over my head, right? And so I was running my business with this emotional roller coaster until I really started looking at the data. So for example, uh, in my businesses, I'm always looking to identify the numbers and the facts that tells me how are we doing in our business? Are we on track to meeting the goals that we after? Now, once I started to eliminate the emotions and started relying more on data and numbers, it actually took a lot of the stress and the worry, and the anxiety I have over my business. And it allowed me to trust the process that I was putting in place. And so now we literally build out digital dashboards for our clients that are beautiful and one-page websites that they can jump on and it pulls data from all the different points and they can, in like 10 to 30 seconds, know exactly what's going on with their business. So they're not running their business just on emotions anymore and the seat of their pants, hoping and praying something is going to work. We're utilizing data to help us make strategic, smart decisions along the way. Number nine is hiring somebody before you have a standard operational procedure for the task that you want delegated. Okay, so I cannot drill this down enough. So, so often we just realize we're overwhelmed, we're stressed, we need to have somebody come in and help us. So we find a good VA that one of our colleagues recommended that they've been working with for years and they're fantastic. And we bring them on board and then... They don't get stuff done and they make mistakes and it's a mess and, and, and you're, not, you're not sure when they're working and when they're available. You send them a message. It takes two days for them to get back to you. There's all this stuff that's just a mess. And you feel like you're just wasting money and time dealing with this incapable helper, right? That, you, that was supposed to help you. But if you have a standard operational procedure that tells them exactly what needs to get done, how often that needs to get done, and actually quantify what success looks like in completing the task, you have a totally different agreement with the person that you just hired. And it's much clearer what is expected about. And so clear agreements, especially with your team and vendors, is so important. Because the truth is... Uh, you know, I haven't really run into a lot of bad employees. I just want to be totally honest with you. Most employees and vendors and people that you hire want to do a really good job for you. They want to succeed. It gives them pleasure to do a good job for you. But sometimes they don't know how. They don't know how to make you happy with the work that I do. They don't know how or what is expected of them. And so then when you're not happy with them, they feel really discouraged. Because now they feel scolded for not doing it the way you wanted it done. 
but they didn't really understand what you wanted in the first place. So explaining these things and having this really mapped out very clearly for them is really important. And then we also like to set this all up in a project management software so that you have everything dialed in and they get dinged when they need to do things. And, you know, we just did this for one of our clients and they came back to me because they've been complaining a lot about the VA they hired and they came back to me and they said, whoa, like my VA messaged me and told and asked me if she was supposed to do this one thing every single day. And it must be something wrong with the project management software because it's on her task list every day. And it was the first time that their VA realized that this specific task actually needed to be done every single day, right? She had no idea that that was the requirement and expectation. And so for the first time, she's now starting to see what her responsibilities are in black and white. And this is really the difference of having a standard operational procedures, setting clear agreements, and then having a project management that drives that. It makes it very, very difficult for your team not to be able to execute on what it is that you want them to do for you. Number 10 is relying on your team for support. So, you know, so often being an entrepreneur, it it's, can be a little bit of a lone wolf situation, right? And I did, I made this mistake so big in my own business, like, can't even tell you, I was relying on my team for support with the stress that I was feeling as the leader and the CEO of the business and the responsibility of bringing in the money and making it all happen and having clients be happy with us and all the things that we did uh, for our operations. And I started to complain and whine and, and just, you know, vent to my team. It totally ruined my relationship with my team. Let me explain. When you rely on your team for support as the CEO, they actually will resent you for it. I know that sounds super strange, but what happens is that your team, they don't have the authority or the responsibility to make changes about the things that you complain to them about. So they feel disempowered by you complaining to them. That's number one. Number two, they then start feeling resentful because they feel like you are putting that responsibility on them to fix something when you are not happy about something. And they don't know what to do. And, and so it creates this really weird dynamic between you and your team. And you absolutely do not want to do that. Um, it will undermine your relationship with your team and how they show up for you. So you need to find support in other ways. Find a mentor. Be part of a mastermind, you know, connect with other entrepreneurs and talk to them about what it is that you're going through, not your team. Okay. So I'm hoping this was eye opening and brought some insights into some of the mistakes that I see with six figure entrepreneurs trying to make it into the seven figure mark. And maybe you noticed some of the mistakes that you made along the way. And, and if you're sitting there going like, wow, I think I'm doing that. I would love to hear what your realizations you have or insights you had. And I'd love to see you inside the Summer of Figure Freedom Club Facebook group so that we can chat, you know, ask questions and let's have a conversation about it. I would love to hear, could you recognize some of these mistakes that you're doing right now or are these some of the mistakes that maybe you've done in the past? 
Okay, until next time, let's do this. Thanks for tuning in to the 7 Figure Freedom Podcast. I hope this episode sparked a shift in perspective to help you amplify your impact, income, and freedom. Schedule a call with me today. You'll find the scheduling link in the show notes to take the first step towards gaining clarity on how to bring your vision to life with more ease. I'm looking forward to reconnecting with you next week for more insights, inspiration, and innovation. Check the show notes for additional resources. 